All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. My name is Mark Champagne, and I'm your host. And it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, we have a repeat guest, Christina Rice. Actually, this is the third time, right, Christina? It is. Yeah, that is a first. I love wow, it. Wow. I'm so honored. Number three. So for anyone listening who hasn't heard the, the last two interviews, Christina is an intuitive channel, energy healer, author of Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe, and her new book, Pain, Love, and Purpose, a collection of poems about the moments that define us, which we are going to read some of these because it's so damn good. I just can't wait to jump in. Welcome back, Christina. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so honored that I'm I'm a three-time return three time. guest. There's a few doubles, but no threes. That's exciting. Wow. Let's lucky me. Going. Yeah, well, let's keep us. it going. Lucky us. For everyone, anyone listening, just so you know, our last interview, which was all around, I think the theme was centered around the idea that life doesn't have to be hard and obviously provided some mental fitness and some reframing to help people go down that track. And that's, I want to say, either top five or six or something like that out of 300 plus episodes. So, um, wow. Yeah, it's all good. It is <laughs> so all listen good. So that one. Wow, 300 plus episodes. That's yeah. impressive. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let's, just like we've done for the other interviews, uh, and as every guest get before we, gets before we get into the work and, and what you're up to and so forth, just, you know, who are you? <laughs> Every time you ask me this, <laughs> uh, you know, I I think I've been questioning that recently. Let's talk <laughs> about that. Oh, let's talk about it. No, I mean, I always want to say some like fluffy answer that's like not actually fluffy to me. Like I always just want to say like I'm multidimensional, you know, and I think I'm one of those people who whenever somebody's ever asked me that question, like my answer, it just depends who I'm talking to. Right. Mm, um and I think a lot of people, when they get asked that question, you know, some people are going to default to, oh, I do this for a living. Like I live here. Like this is what, you know, like the things that they think define them. Um, and if I was to go in that route, I think I've just always been someone where like nobody even knows what my job is because I'm doing so many different things. Like I have multiple different companies going on, um, yeah. different aspects of my business. And so I I think that that the question in itself this is going to sound strange, but I feel like the question in itself, like, is my answer? Like, who am I today? Like, who am I in this yes. moment? You know, like today on this call, I'm I'm an author of this poetry book, but like, I've literally never written poetry before in my life. And I, I just wrote this poetry book, you know, how random is that? Yeah. Like later in this conversation, I might be an intuitive later in this conversation. I might be an executive coach. Like later in this conversation, I might be a podcast host. So yeah. I think but it's always in what do you think the through line is, Christina? Yeah. Like out of, if you think of all the things that you're yeah. doing and just in general, is there like a general like characteristic or through line that keeps coming up? Cause I agree. I do agree. Like mm -hmm. I never thought about it in, in the, in the moment, how it evolves. It definitely evolves like you know, we're third conversation on this show. I would imagine, I would expect your answer to to evolve um, or change, and there might be some fundamental characteristics. But I'm just curious if you if you notice a through line to um, you. I don't know that I could like define or articulate the through line. You know, mm -hmm. and I think part of part of how I live in this energy of freedom in my life is I don't attach to a single identity. 
right? So I kind of avoid defining myself because that gives me the flexibility to just keep showing up differently. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because someone will ask them that question, right? And then they they decide something and they say, oh, I guess that's who I am. And they continue to live their life from that identity. But what if that identity is no longer serving them? Or what if that could expand, right? It's the same way that we can identify with any of our beliefs. Like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm messy. Well, if you believe you're a messy person, you're going to keep being a messy person. But if I want to somehow, you know, be a clean, organized person, I'm going to wake up, you know, tomorrow and I'm going to say, I'm a clean, organized person and shift that identity, you know? And so it's funny because I feel like so much of what I do is about detaching from any single identity, right? So it's like, I feel like even in the question, I'm like, I can't go there. (laughs) I have to be all of it, you know? And so when it's like, what's the through line? I just keep thinking like Christina, like my, like the things that make me, me, like my soul, my soul essence, you know, when I think I could describe that something for me is I bring a different way of looking at things to everything I do. I feel like with every business venture I've had, with every coach or with every client I've coached, you know, with everybody I've worked with, like what I'm always doing is how can we take what we're talking about and look at it from a completely different perspective? And I think that's why I end up being, you know, good at a lot of things. You could throw me into a lot of situations and I I can be pretty, pretty good at it. Um, and I think a lot of that's intuitive, right? Like like being very intuitive and going off my intuition. And I think you know, why that's helpful is because it allows me to see things from a totally like out of left field angle that nobody Mm -hmm. else looked at it from before. Um, And I I pride myself on that, you know, and people always, it's funny because people always ask me as, (laughs) as or tell me as they do you, I'm sure like, they're like, you ask really good questions, right? And so for me, it's like living in the question, living in the question is the best answer rather than even answering it. There's the quote. There's the quote. I mean, this is why you're on for the third time. Frankly, <laughs> I mean, just just in how you answered that question, I mean, at least for myself, and I'm sure listeners are, are agreeing, like, force a different perspective in a way or, mm-hmm. or provided uh, a different perspective in like who we all are in this current moment. And I love that idea yeah. Yeah, from detaching from you know, what we think our identity may be and, and being a little bit more fluid to how that can evolve. Um, yeah. Not just year to year, but, you know, like you said, in, in the moment, it's totally fine. Yeah. And I mean, we can use that to our advantage too, right? Like, so something that I do when I want to, I always like to create, I'm like, I like dramatic shifts. I like dramatic shifts in how I show up. And I've been thinking about, okay, 2023, I want to rebrand myself in every direction. So I'm like, I'm going to change my clothes. I'm going to change my, my home decor. I'm like already mapping this whole out. I'm changing the whole energy, right? I want a new identity. And I'm also thinking about, you know, who do I want to become in my business? And so part of that is I'm going to shift my identity in alignment with what I want to really focus on in my, in my business. And so I think about who I've been before, you know, for a long time, like I was a coach, I was a podcast host. I started off as a blogger. I was a blogger. I was a food blogger. And then I became a coach and I became a nutritionist. And like, those all have different energies, right? Or if I said I was a podcast host, that's a different energy in itself. And I think about, um, you know, next year, like, um, being, I am, I'm an author. (laughs) I am a channel. I am a CEO. I'm an investor, 
right? Things that I'm focusing more on, like I'm focusing a lot more on some of my other companies next year. I'm focusing on my books more than anything else versus previously I focused a lot more on the coaching side, on online programs and all that exists. But for me to really start to expand and add momentum into these other areas of my life, I get to shift my identity and start to say, okay, if I'm an author, so if I'm an author, like how am I spending my time and how am I seeing the world? And that is totally different than if it woke up today and said, I'm a coach, you know? So I like to use that like to my advantage of of saying, okay, so next year, who am I going to be? And then I start to realize how I can shift my priorities and, and spend my time in different ways to actually start to create that shift. And for me, that's what allows me to to create shifts in my life. It's like, I will choose a new identity and lean into it. It's like method acting, you know, yeah. you just, you just yeah. got to go all into the role. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you're really, you're teaming me up really well or setting me up for what I, what I wanted to talk to you about, because I, I remember from our, I think it was our last conversation or maybe even the first one, there was this theme running through your life of, of these big shifts and like rebrands essentially. So I'm not, mm-hmm, I'm not yeah. surprised to hear that you're <laughs> thinking about uh, a complete rebrand. And, yeah. and actually there was, I have to assume that this is related to one of the, one of the poems in the book, uh, the, re- the arena. Oh um, yeah. I'll just read a, a small section from it. And I was like, Oh man, this has to be uh, one of those big shifts. And I'd love to get into it. I sent you a text and I asked you, am I crazy to leave what I built? I want to quit everything and start it all over. I'm held back by fear and the guilt. You answered me with the quote about the arena and the man. You said I'd regret not doing the things that both of us know I can. I, I couldn't help but think, because it's, it's one thing to have an intention or be like really clear on like, I have to change this for whatever the reason is. But I feel like ever since I've known you, it's like things are going well, like the companies are doing well and so forth, but there's something intuitively, there's some message that you're receiving that like, nope, we're going to, we have to kind of unravel this and go this direction. Is Mm -hmm. that, is that linked to that poem at all? (laughs) Oh, totally. Okay. (laughs) Totally. I guess, I guess, you know what, I guess that's my through line is like the only consistent thing about me is that nothing is consistent. (laughs) The only consistent thing about me is that I am always changing. I'm always transforming. I'm always rebranding. And I, you know, it's, it's an intuitive thing. And what I have learned the hard way, I think just in my life is when I'm getting an intuitive nudge around something like this isn't correct for me anymore, but my brain is saying, but it all looks great on, on the surface. So I keep staying in the situation. Then it crashes and burns and I'm in so deep, it's even harder to get out. So I've learned to get ahead of it. And the second I start to feel like something is off, that's my, okay, pay attention moment. Cause like, let's not get this any, any let, let's not let this get any further. Yeah things could get even worse. And I feel like for me, that really happened with my health and all of the years that I really struggled with my health. And I thought, wow, I could have really gotten ahead of this, you know, um, or even in relationships, you know, in relationships where early on you have this ding, ding, some things off here. And, you know, whether it's, you know, a romantic relationship, a friendship, a business partnership, and your logical mind thinks, oh, well, they're really nice. There's there's nothing that happened. Why, maybe I'm just being paranoid. You know, maybe I'm just projecting or something. And so you don't listen to it. And then later on, you realize, oh, should have listened. You know, it's yeah. happened to me with, with employees before. And so I've just learned, like, pay attention because I don't, I don't know what that's trying to protect me from and I don't necessarily want to find out. So... <laughs> 
But I also, you know, and this comes up in this book too, it's like this whole idea of settling. And something that I, I mean, like when people ask me my biggest fear, I'm like settling. Like that is my biggest fear of living this life and like realizing I accidentally settled for 80% or 90%. And for me, if my intuition is telling me there's like something else, I'm like, okay, I got, I have to explore it. I have to, because I can't just live in that, in that question of, well, what if I had done that? And I think a lot of people, um, are afraid and they do live with that question and you don't create an incredible life that way, you know? And so I like to collect a lot of experiences. I think there's so much that life has to offer. Like, I mean, entrepreneurship just alone is a playground, right? All these different types of businesses and people. And it's so fun for me. And so I don't want to limit myself uh, to just, to just one, if I, if I don't have to, right. So yeah, that was a moment that poem, the arena, um, what do you who, ask after though, though? Yeah, like, cause yeah. I'm curious in those moments, like some of the questions that you're reflecting on, because again, like it's, I, I find it, those are the challenging moments. Cause like you said, on the surface, on paper, you know, things are going really well and, and they might be like, it just might be that something for whatever reason, um, you know, that's kind of, uh, it's time for a change, but then how do you mentally do that? Like, what are some of the questions that help you get, you know, to the next phase, I guess? You know, I think that before I answer that, I think there's been for, for me, just a conscious effort to reprogram this idea that something has to be wrong for us to leave, you know, like, and well I think said. a lot of us really, you know, we'll feel guilty. We feel like we have to have a reason. We have to explain ourselves. A lot of us feel like we have to always explain why we're doing things, justify it. And you actually don't, you know? And so for me, it's just, first of all, been building that muscle of in my life, if something's feeling off or if I want to say no to something, I don't have to explain to you why. If if Mark asked me on his podcast and I want to say no, I don't have to give him a reason. I just say, no, thank you. Thank you for the invite, but no, thank you. I would yeah. say, say yes, thank you, right? But I actually don't have to justify myself. And I think we live in a world where everybody asks us to justify ourselves. And just because somebody asks you doesn't mean you, you have to, right? That That's their own stuff. And so I think for me, just building that muscle has been important. Questions I ask myself, I mean, I go back to, and I've, I've said these questions before on the show, but they're my questions of, yeah. is this decision from love or from fear? And often in that situation, I'm realizing this is from fear that I'm staying here, right? Is this from abundance or is this scarcity? A lot of times it's it's scarcity. It's I'm afraid that if I leave, I'm not going to find something better. I'm going to be left alone. I'm going to be screwed. I won't find a better situation. I won't make more money. And whenever I can identify that I'm making a decision from fear or scarcity, I cannot, I, it's like, I just called myself out. I, ha- I have to make the other decision, you know, because I don't want the energy threaded through my life, you know? And I think the other thing that I might ask myself is (laughs) like, what would, and you you could put in whatever language you want to use, but it's some version of like, what would my highest self do in this situation? The version of me that, that is courageous and fearless and living from love and confident and not living in any limiting beliefs. Like what would she choose? You know, and I can ask her that directly. I can I can tune into my heart space. I can meditate on that and and get the get the answer. You know, in the in the silence, let her speak. And so I ask myself that. And I think the other thing is, you know, what decision am I willing to take responsibility for? And will I regret this? 
Mm. <laughs> Will I regret it if I, if I don't go for it, yeah. you know? And, and for me with big decisions, like, I'm like, okay, look, this could crash and burn. I could, I could take the sleep. I could uh, throw everything away when it's going so well and it could crash and burn. And I could be like, crap, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But to me, I'd rather take responsibility for that. And I'd rather choose that because I will regret it if I don't explore it. Well, and you'll always just knowing you, I mean, you'll always be wondering or yeah. asking the question, like what <laughs> knowing what me, if, I will certainly right? always be wondering. <laughs> <laughs> what if? Yeah. Are have there you met you mentioned meditation, but there have there been um why don't you share a little bit about your actual practice or any other practices that help you um sit with those prompts or mm-hmm. in silence? There's actually another home page 236 for those who pick up the book on silence that I'd love to get into, but let's just lead into yeah, maybe some of your practices that help you get clear. Yeah. I mean, just the simple ones every day, I think just having a consistent time to connect with myself. So I, I journal each day and I do, I usually just am like brain dumping and just kind of a cluster of a bunch of thoughts. Yeah. And then I move into um, I'll ask, I'll write a question. I'll automatic write the answer and just stuff will come out. And so I always take time to journal, just get, get things out of my brain, do some automatic writing. Um, I love using cards. I'll use Oracle cards or tarot cards and ask a question and just see what those bring up for me. So I love to use that as something to respond to. Um, I use the meditations I create in my own in my membership. So in my membership, I have a ton of like meditations and activations and invocations and channeled Mm -hmm. messages. And I teach people in that to like, that's part of the daily practice that we're setting up. So like you take that 10 to 15 minutes to listen to this meditation or this channel message and see what it brings up for you. Um, And so I do that as well. Um, And then I will, you know, just meditate on it. I'll sit with it. Um, I use, you know, getting into the the woo side of things. Um, have we talked about have we talked about the Akashic Records on this show? No, I don't think so. There's okay. no woo off limits on this show. Just so okay. You know. Well, yeah. No, I'm not worried about it. But like, <laughs> you mean you know me. Uh, but so the Akashic Records are the records of your soul, past, present, and future. Okay. Um, so you know, if I was to give an intuitive reading on somebody, I could read you just like what you're emitting right now. Um, where you're at right now, that would be a different read than if I went to your soul, like your pure soul and all expressions of you uh, existing in you know every timeline, every reality, again, past, present, future. So when we tune into the like record of your soul and we anchor into that space, that is like your truest self. And those are going to be the most accurate answers. So mm. I what are will... What they called again? Akashian... Akashic Records. Akashic, Akashic Records. Okay. Yeah. From the Akasha. A-K-A-S-H-A. Um, okay. So the the type of energy work, like I, I do a high, um, I use a high every day to kind of like tune into my field, clear my energy, and it automatically connects you with your Akashic records. So that's a way that I ask those questions is I start running the, the energy. And as I'm doing energy work, like I have the question in mind, um, it could simply be like, what do I need to know about this situation? You know, mm-hmm. um, or it could be a more, a different question, whatever. And as I'm like, you know, doing the energy work and I'm reading my records, the answers will just come forward to me. Uh, Visuals come forward to me, situations will come forward to me and I can get clarity pretty quickly. So whenever I am feeling, you know, like what should I do? I mean, it's just a matter of I sit down and I take, you know, five minutes and I can usually get a clear, clear read on it. Now I'm intrigued. I am maybe 
Maybe hitting the Google on this. That is why. That. <laughs> that is why everyone connecting with your intuition and learning about energy work is the cheat sheet to life. And a major part of, I would say, optimizing performance in all areas of your life. You know, like to me, it's like I business map in there, right? So if I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do about this part of my business, like I will sit down, I use that same technique and I can map out the next year of my business in like 20 minutes. Um, That's how I do everything. You know, I think it's just a totally uh, underutilized tool. (laughs) Well, so, I mean, obviously I, I'm, I'm not super aware of, of, of these records. So I'm going to mm-hmm. look them up, but what I hear out of this too, re- does relate back to in a way, like kind of getting out of, out, kind of getting, uh, out of your own way, especially with mm-hmm. your mind, like in just, and coming back to the whole topic of silence or just spending time in silence and with a question and just allowing our mind to actually make those connection points. Like we, we've, have all the answers to yeah. questions. It's just clearing out the mental clutter and opening up some real estate in, 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 the, in the mind. And then if you can connect it into these higher powers, even, even better for my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Hello, friends. Given you're here, I'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit. So with that in mind, I want to let you know about the Better Questions newsletter, which publishes once or twice a month, providing all of us the opportunity to slow down, think, and ask better questions. As you know, quality questions are my thing. And this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at behindthehuman.com slash newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's behindthehuman.com slash newsletter. Now back to the show. Why do you think we're so, I'm generalizing here, but why do you think we're so scared of silence? Because we're not in silence very often. Yeah, I think I think part of why we're scared of it is because we're not used to it. And so anything that you're not used to feels uncomfortable, you know? Uh, and it's like, what do I do here? We're used to overstimulation and a lot of people don't know how to just sit and and be and they need something to distract themselves. So I think there's... Part of it is just the discomfort there because of conditioning what we're used to. I think the other part is because on a subconscious level, like we know that we know the answers and we know there's something that's going to come up that we don't want to look at. A lot of people don't know how to feel their feelings. A lot of people think their feelings. They they oh. think them, they don't feel them. And, and there's a deep part of us that knows when we actually give ourselves some space, oh, my feelings are going to come up. And if my feelings come up, then what am I going to realize? And once I realize it, then I'm going to have to make a decision. You know, a lot of people would rather stay blissfully ignorant than have the realization. Because once you know, you know, you you got to yeah. act, yeah. you know, you know, and you can't escape from it. And so I think it's just wanting to avoid what we know deep down or this feeling of I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with the emotion. I don't want to deal with this realization or this knowing coming up because then I've got to sort through everything. You know, it's like this, it feels like this whole hassle, but it's a hassle to stay in a situation you don't want to be in, you know? So I think that there's the discomfort piece and the, the fear of just what's going to come up. Yeah. I I often think of the question, you know, what am I pretending not to know? And it's like, we all have something. And when you answer that, to me, it's like, Either you can ask the question now or you're going to be forced to ask the question at one point. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, 
probably not a very pleasurable experience because you're going to run up against some sort of wall and who knows what, right? And it's like, oh, well, there it is. So why don't we just deal with that little whisper in the corner now, yeah. even though it may feel uncomfortable and, you know, at least make some progress in the whole situation. Totally. Well, you know what that reminds me of is I was, I was thinking about this the other day of, like my, it goes back to my questions are my answers. And I started to realize what are the questions I keep asking? I keep asking people questions or myself questions again and again and again. And if I look at the common theme of the question, my answer is right there. Because from the, what the question is, I can tell what I'm wanting people to say. Why do I keep asking? If I'm looking for someone's opinion or perspective, why do I keep asking people? Because I'm not satisfied with maybe with what somebody said. And I'm hoping the next person is saying something else right? Um, Or things that I keep Googling, right? Like, why do I keep Googling this? Why do I keep... And that's telling me something like I need support in this area, or I'm feeling like I I need more whatever in this area, or I don't want to do things this way. And I'm looking for justification that it's going to work if I do it the other way, you know? So I think it's just helpful to think about like, what am I asking other people a lot? Um, What am I curious about? What am I Googling? Like, what are my questions? Because that's telling me like what my intuition really wants or needs, I feel like. Yeah, I love. I'm writing that. What are what are your questions? As a question guy, I like that yeah. question. Totally, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the never ending loop of questions. Uh, we're geeking out. Uh, I want to talk about where is this one? Surprise again for um, everyone. You have to pick up this book. Two forty five is this poem. I mean, it's. What I've been doing, Christina, I mean, I don't know if this is, uh, if you have an intended flow for the book or an intention. Um, I know once you put a book out into the world, it's kind of not yours anymore and it's everyone's. Yeah. <laughs> but the way I've been, it's just, it sits on my desk and I literally just open it up. And I love that. And that's where I start. And there's always something that I definitely get out of it. And I did this the other day and surprise came up and I wanted to, I'm just going to read, uh, uh, you know what? I'll read the whole thing. And then I have some questions for you. I've learned that when I overplan, things always go awry. So I'm leaning into living life in the energy of surprise. We try to plan for safety, but does it really work out? The best things in life have been the things I had no idea about. So true. Living in the unexpected requires a level of trust. But if I want a life of miracles, releasing control, I must. If I overthink it, I know that I'll be back out fully living in the present I forget to have my doubts. So I let myself stay curious. I'm always open to the new. The greatest gifts in life aren't planned. I mean, that's how I met you. I mean, just first of all, it's beautiful, Christina. Thank you. Um, And then, you know, for myself and, and, and everyone listening, like I just even think of this podcast, like when I graduated university, podcasting didn't even exist. And, you know, like... You can yeah. you can only plan so much, and uh, even in my last five years, I never in a million years thought this is what I would would be doing. So my question is: so you know, I think everyone has those moments. If you think of what you're doing right now and some of like your most cherished relationships, like really just take a pause and like where did they come from? And there's probably some element of surprise uh, in you know some of those, if not all of them, really. But I find what's tough is balancing just kind of flowing and being in line with you know the whispers and what you're hearing and your intuition and like having a really well thought out plan or set of Mm -hmm. intentions or goals and things like that 
I, for me, and I'm just speaking for myself right now, but I imagine there's, there are others that feel like this. I feel like it's always a little bit of a tug of war. And if I, for me, like if I feel I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm really, I want to flow. I want to just surrender to, to life and what's happening and whatnot. But then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, am I like putting enough work here or there? Or is this going to come to bite me in like Q1 of next year? That feels <laughs> like I didn't like throw, you know, enough things that probably aren't even aligned to what I'm doing, but just experiment. So I, I'm just, what are your thoughts on on that balance? Yeah, I think it's all in perspective, right? Because it, it could be a tug of war or it could be a dance. And I like to think of it as a dance. And and for me, what feels good is giving myself that structure. So it goes back to the balance of masculine and feminine energy. And I find that whenever we're too far in one direction, we're going to feel out of balance, right? Like the masculine energy is the container that holds the feminine. So there's there's safety in, in the flow and in the intuition. So I like to design my life in that way. And I notice if I'm too far in either direction, I don't feel good. If I'm all structured, I don't have space to explore or allow better things to drop in, uh, better insights, follow my intuition. If I'm too in my feminine, I just feel like a puddle and I feel like I'm not getting anything actually done. It's just kind of like, what are we doing here? We're floating yeah. around. And so <laughs> I need both of those. And so like the way I do it is I set myself up with with structure, with a plan, like with that masculine container. And then I decide, great, this is a container that's feeling good for me. And I'm going to decide that this is probably going to shift. And I'm making commitment to myself that as my intuition gives me nudges along the way, because it's going to be along the way. I don't have all the information that I'm yeah. going to have then. I don't have that all now. So I'm going to decide that as that intuition comes through, I'm going to honor that and adjust the plan accordingly. So for me, it's kind of just the decision and the intention. I think if we set a plan and then we are telling ourselves, I have to stick to this, then, you know, we're unnecessarily creating guilt or friction or resistance when our intuition comes in versus me creating that. And then just deciding, I know it's going to change and I'm committing to adjusting this. We're just going to kind of pivot, make any little adjustments as, as things go along. And for me, that's like, that's how you run a company, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. how you run a business. It's like, if someone thinks they're going to sit down and make a plan to build a business and stick to it and never pivot, like you're never going to be a successful entrepreneur. It's just part of like, you know, launch and go energy. My energy is just launch and go. That's how I get stuff done. And then I figure it out as I go along. Nothing's perfect when I release it. No, it's just, I'm just adjusting as as time goes. Uh, and so, and I think that seeing that just in business and being forced to do that to, to succeed also allows me to do that in my life in general. So I think for me, it's just like the decision that I know I'm gonna shift it with my intuition. Well, and it seems also too, like this is where your uh, consistent practices must come into play as well. Like just mm-hmm. to, you know, again, to be able to hear, okay, I need, you know, maybe I need a little bit more structure here, or maybe I need to loosen up a bit and just kind of follow the flow and to your point, like pivot or make, make those adjustments. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, I feel like that, I feel like that's the hidden superpower that a lot of people, and, and this isn't judgment that like, this is unfortunately society. We're kind of like pushed into this you don't have that time or you don't have that prioritization if in the silence or even to find, you know, like 10 minutes in the morning before you start your day for you to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, release whatever's floating around in your mind and, and whatnot. Cause like it, 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 ha- it has to be nearly impossible to be able to hear the nudges or, or feel them 
or see like, okay, you know what? We need to go here. If you're running a million miles a minute and just like yeah. one thing after the other, right? Totally. But you know where it will come up is it will come up in your body. Like, so mm. this is where people start to have physical symptoms. This is why a lot of people have different physical symptoms. That could be yeah. any ache or pain. It could be a serious illness. It could be, I keep getting colds. Like anything with your physical body, when we don't take time to listen to our intuition, to, to have that moment of silence, to connect with ourselves, like the body's going to talk to you. And so a lot of people who are out of alignment, it's going to come up in their body or their mood in general, right? It could be yeah. fatigue. Fatigue is a really common one. Um, so they're just feeling burnt out. They're feeling exhausted all the time. Um, or it could be like anxiety, constant anxiety, obviously depression, of course. Yeah. Um, but it, it'll come out in one of those ways. And a lot of people don't really connect it to like, they don't necessarily connect it to, oh, I'm out of alignment here. You know, I think that burnout is being out of alignment hundred yeah. percent, you know, because like when you're putting your energy or attention toward things that light you up, like it feeds you, it gives you energy. So I think the body will, will talk to you. Uh, but I also think that like, <laughs> I mean, it's like the tough love moment, but I, it's like, people were like, how did you write five books last year? I'm like, do you think that I just had time to write five books? I'm running like four businesses, you know, like, I'm like, I, like, no, I'm like, I, that would not have happened if I had not said, this is a priority for me and important to me. So I'm putting it in my calendar and I'm showing up to this and committing to it. And I think that's how people like, we have to realize that in our daily lives, you know, if I didn't give myself a structure to work off of, my days would pass by and I would wake up immediately, like roll out of bed, get dressed, go into work, work all day, you know, have dinner and go to sleep. Like yeah. my days could easily be like that. And, and there's been much of my life where it is like that. And if I am not like on my game and I'm not being clear uh, with my intentions and, and intentional with my days, my day gets like that and I don't feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it really is a matter of, of priorities, you know? And if I'm like, you know, I know the difference it makes for me to just take five to 10 minutes in the morning to sit with myself. Like I can wake up five to 10 minutes earlier, or I can say no to something else that's not going to move the needle as much. You know, maybe that's, uh, I mean, I think it's people, a lot of people will, will carve out time for exercise. Um, mm -hmm. and then they're like, I don't have time for meditation. And it's like, well, make your workout 10 minutes shorter. I promise you it can be just as effective. I yeah. literally promise, you know, uh, or it's have better boundaries. A lot of where people's time goes is they don't have good boundaries. So they're on the phone with people, they're on social media scrolling, uh, you know, they're, they're, spending extra time at work, they're being really social. And those things aren't bad, you know, but I think about like in relationships, right? You live with people, you have family and it's very easy and natural to just kind of roll into, okay, now I'm spending time with my family, but there can be a, there can be communication. There can be a conversation that, that is had with, with your partner, with your family. Like, hi, I am a much happier and loving uh, you know, parents and partner, uh, and you're going to like me a lot more if, if, if I have my me time for 10 minutes in the morning. Right. And that yeah. could be something that the entire family could get in on and would be a really good practice, you know? And so I, I just think that a lot of times we say, Oh, I don't have time for this. I can't do this. If you want something, you will create the time. Like we have to think about it from a different perspective and it benefits everybody. But I think a lot of us not having time is poor boundaries. Of course. I've set you off and I love it. We definitely like it, it just takes, it takes a couple journaling flows or reflective moments to just take an audit of where you've spent your time in the day and evening. Yeah. And all of a sudden to quickly realize 
oh, wow, I, I am spending, you know, three hours on Netflix that night or whatever it is. Right. And, and maybe that's your, 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 like your wind down period. But then I think again, like figure out like, is that working for you? And mm-hmm. if it's not, then what are the, some things that can work for you? And like, just make some, some subtle shifts. Um, I do want to talk a little bit though about the, the, the latest, I mean, we're obviously talking about the latest book, but more so, uh, this, this spark from your comment about how, you know, you wrote five books and I know the last one, um, you spent, it was like a couple weekends, right? Where you went away. The, which one? The Man- manifestation. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that one seemed like it was, that was, all your books are so unique. Like you're, you're such a unique human being. It's fascinating. Cause Thank you. that book obviously was the first time that I've ever read something that was channeled. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the writing is different, um, in, in like the beautiful, most subtle way. So again, I encourage people to take a look at that one as well. And then a book of poems, like I, every time I flip it open, I'm like, there's so many poems here. I, I can't even fathom <laughs> writing this many poems. So yeah. how just, how did, how did it come to be? Like, how did you write it? Um, and I want to be respectful of your time. So share as much or as little detail as you'd like, of course. Yeah, I, well, I um, wrote, you know, I was, this book in particular uh, came out of nowhere. Like I had written a few other books and life was really busy. It was really fast. And I hadn't had much time for myself. And I like to have like a couple days a week, at least one where I'm just like, nothing doing nothing in my pajamas like don't talk to me uh I just need to recharge and I hadn't had a day like that in a long time so I was like feeling really off and I finally had a weekend where I was like I can just chill and so I was like I just needed to journal like that was what I wanted to do that day I woke up it was Saturday morning I'm like I'm just gonna make my coffee and like get my journal and just write and I was like as long as I need you know um that's like my favorite thing to do (laughs) is just journal and like pull cards So I started and maybe a couple minutes in, like I wasn't very far in, I just started hearing this poem. Uh, And I, I, I was like, okay, so you know, when you're like in a journaling flow and it's kind of like, you're like hearing, you're like hearing and then you're writing it. Right. And it's like automatic writing. And, but then it kind of turned into a poem and I'm like, wait, I'm like writing a poem. And so I'm writing this. I was like, Whoa, I was like, and it was a poem about my life, you know? And, and I knew like, but I was like, wow, why am I describing this in poetry? <laughs> like yeah. this rhymes. It's so weird. And I started sobbing. You know, the first um poem I wrote is in, in this book, it's called Unforgivable. And I just mm. I was sobbing. And it was the first one I wrote. And then another one came out. And then another one came out. And I ended up later. <laughs> I yeah, I wrote for it was basically three days of like this stream of poems. And that was my book. And about halfway through it, I realized like about halfway through it. I heard the title. I heard the title. Okay. And when I wrote them, they were all in a different order. So like yeah. the bulk, honestly, the bulk of the work of this book was ordering these. <laughs> it's like well, kind of a I pain can't in my butt. Imagine. <laughs> so you um, said it was unfor- unforgivable was the first one. Yeah, it was back. the first. That was, that was the first poem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, so you just kept I'll, going. I just kept going for three days, and then I, I had written it, you know, and I thought, whoa, this is going to be a book. Like that was, a, that was just a book. So was it similar though? I guess there was a bit of that channeling aspect. Mm-hmm. Sound, sound, but how was it different than, than the manifestation book? Yeah, it was different because the manifestation book was channeled from a different entity. 
right? So it's like, I'm kind of being the in-between and I'm connecting with that entity. Like I'm doing an intuitive reading and talking to someone's guide, right? It's kind of a similar thing, uh, but different. And so they're basically, um, you know, kind of using me as the in-between and like writing out their perspective, you know? So it's not necessarily mine, right? Yeah. Yeah. And And this was for sure channeled, but just in a different way. Like whenever we're in flow, we're channeling, you know, you see a speaker on the stage, on the stage, they're, they're channeling. And this was like channeling just me, like channeling my higher self, channeling me. Um, It's, it's channeling is like taking the thinking out of it. Right. And just being in flow. And there was no thought in this. (laughs) Like there was no thought. It was just emotion and words, you know, it's like, you have you ever watched a freestyle rapper? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. incredible like yeah. incredible yeah, right. mind-blowing right and you think how did they do that I, I mean I, I I mean I I do get how they do I could never do that but I do it in my own way when I'm channeling right yeah. and that's what they're doing is they're just channeling and they just it's it rhymes and it flows and it's to a beat and it's like wow that is that it's a skill and the skill is getting so out of your logical mind's way and getting so in your flow like so in channel mode that it comes out and it's this, this rap and it's just the first time it's perfect, you know? Um, so, and I, you know, what's funny is I, I've always been like that with writing. Like I think about in school when I used to have to write essays or especially when I was younger and they used to make you like submit an outline, submit a rough draft, do revisions. And I would go to my teacher and say, I don't do this shit. And I, I was like, I don't do this shit. I was like, I'm a one and done kind of girl. And I was yeah. like, I can sit down right now and I'll write you the essay one time. I'm good. It's perfect. Uh, and so all of my teachers, I'm not joking. All of my teachers um, let me not ever submit those first parts. I, I was like, I'm just going to submit the final draft first time. I'm not, I'm not doing yeah. this thing. Uh, and I was got an A plus, you know? So I, I've always been just really good at that with writing. You know, I was okay. always just one, one timer. I sit down. I don't need to review really. And I think that's just because I, I naturally channel when I write. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there was a different, it was just different because this was from me. Yeah. So interesting. I mean, what resonated with me in terms of, because I've always, I've always been trying to think like, because the way you speak about channeling is, um, it's just, I don't know, it's a different perspective. And I, I, I feel like there's so many relatable uh, angles and whatnot. And the one that just resonated with me was, Uh, was with journaling because I do I feel like personally like when you said that I'm like yeah there are moments when I'm free writing where this happened the other day I was looking back and I'm like like, where did all that just come from like I didn't even you know just kind of spewed out um I don't have that writing books uh I wish I had that I've I've got to figure out a way to to train that or maybe I'm just writing the wrong topic yeah I bet you could you know yeah I think it depends on the topic too like if you're writing a book that you're researching for it's a different it's a different kind of thing you know um and yeah I think if there's there's research around it you're collecting things from other people that's kind of a different story yeah you know it's fascinating I mean I can obviously continue with you forever this is no wonder why your episodes are ranking so high on the podcast (laughs) like they're just loaded with so much value um Uh I uh whenever whenever I'm recording these, the only thing I ever write down is, is, um, when I hear show titles, essentially, uh, and I have a full page of potential <laughs> show titles. So wow. that just means there's so many great topics that you hit on that I think are so relatable to so many people. So Christine, can I, thank you. can I ask you what, yeah. what has been your favorite poem you've read? 
Oh, well, I mean, the silence one. I, we didn't, I actually didn't pull that one up, but the silence one for me, it just, like, <sighs> to me, it just serves as a reminder of how mm -hmm. valuable those times just still in our mind can be. And that, and what yeah. I like about it is that, like, we all have that. Like, you, you don't have to go on, you know, a 60-day Vipassana retreat to access this. Like, we can do this now. Right. Yeah. So for me, it was silence 236. Um, I highlighted. Did you read? Did you read a uh, good questions? No, I didn't. <laughs> you have to. Okay. <laughs> is, that, is that one written for me? It's 225. Okay. I mean, practically. Yeah, we have to. Let's do that. 225. Do you have time if I read it now? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Come on. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you read it, actually. That makes more sense. Did you Go find the page? It. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. <clears throat> I feel safer asking the questions than being on the other side, but the danger I feel over there also makes me feel so alive. My love language is questions. It's the way I know if you care. The way I respond tells us both. If with you, I'll really go there. There's something about a good question that really opens me up. It's like finding the key to unlock the door that you know has always been shut. So don't be afraid to ask me what you really want to know. It's usually the question we're too scared to ask that takes us where we want to go. <sighs> My eyes are watering. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I have chills. Yeah. That's so for you. It it really is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're so That's welcome. Beautiful. I just I almost want to just end on that. I mean, and just just leave with that. Page two twenty six. Yeah. Good questions, and for everyone listening. You know, just spend some time in in silence with some good questions and just to design the life of your dreams. Leave it at that. I feel like that's what you, I, if you're talking about through lines, I mean, mm -hmm. to me, when I think of you, I, I think of, of feelings of deserving to feel good and feelings of, you know, deserving to live the life that we want to live and providing different tools and practices to, to get there. And, uh, so for that, I, I mean, I thank you for, for being such a great friend and, and mm. someone that continues to, to show up and, you know, cause me to be more curious and think and so forth. So thank you. Aww. Thank you. Never stop writing. Thank you. <laughs> I will not and keep asking questions because they're my love language. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you.